one of these days I will wash my hair before recording a podcast video, but I don't have it in my routine yet to wash my hair right before coming here. Yeah. The days of the week really matter. They um, do. We've switched from recording on Thursdays yeah, and Fridays. Yeah, yeah. Really hot content. This is yeah. like very good radio. Yeah. Um, and so, yes, I too, the hair washing schedule is it's off. Yeah. It used to be I would do it on Tuesday. Well, I continue to wash my hair on Tuesday yeah. nights. So I, I washed mine. Yeah, I washed mine on Wednesday. Usually we record Thursday, or we mm-hmm. were. So then Thursday, I didn't always look good, but it was cleaner than this. Mm-hmm. And here we are. I put dry shampoo in, but then I just checked your mirror and it wasn't effective. <laughs> <laughs> but that's fine. We're um, all here. Happy to be here. Okay, guys, welcome back to our podcast. My name is Jessica Hovert. My friends call me Jess. I'm Lane Dealing Trilland, and this is Very Good Enough, a podcast from Very Good Mothers Club. What are we what are we talking about today, Lini? Yeah, today I wanted to ask you a lot of questions. Cool. I wanted to ask you a few questions and have you talk for a long time about those few questions. Ooh. And they are questions about childbirth. Okay. Which is a thing that you have done. I have done. Personally, with your own actual body. I have. And I have been witness to a couple of those as well. Wow. Which was pretty amazing. And it's yeah, it's like a miracle I would love to do more of. That's so cool. I love it. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, if you're new here, I'm pretty scared. <laughs> oh, yeah. About that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. I think um, the I think your plan is to never do that. Is that correct? Oh. Prob- I mean, look probably. At the hesitation. It's always been a probably. Well, my husband's flat oh. over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's not a secret. I, yeah. yeah. I don't want, I don't want to. Yeah. I could. We started, could we started the whole podcast off season one like episode one or two Mm -hmm. talking about how she probably doesn't want to but he probably wants to (laughs) so we're in for a a romantic comedy of a drama love story it's a conversation that goes out and then comes in about every three years and then goes back out and comes back in and where where are we now in. in that um we talked about this with a therapist before we moved to oh, LA, yeah. like a little mm-hmm. over a year ago. Mm-hmm. It just was like part of the like, we're in this huge life transition. We're changing a bunch of things and mm-hmm. like everything's just like up or open or out or mm-hmm. all the conversations. And um, we talked about it for a long time. And then the therapist was eventually like, well, Connor, do you want to have a baby right now? And he was like, no. And the guy was like, okay. How about you guys talk about this again when, with someone yeah. when you do? Yeah. And Perfect. so that's, that's great yeah, advice. That's where it's at. Cool. So okay. it's Stay calm. tuned. But whether or not I will do it is kind of separate from how yeah. I just feel about it, yeah. which is like so stressful to me. Yeah. I mean, I don't love a medical situation sure. sort of anyway. And I know yeah. that there are like 800 people out there who are already like, birth isn't medical, birth is natural. And I'm like, oh, okay. 800 but people. Also. <laughs> It's more than that. <laughs> yeah, there are. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. But also, you we you know what I mean. Yeah, right? totally. Right? Totally. The thing of like, when there's photos and there's like a head out and the yeah. rest of it's in, <sighs> I just, the bottom of my throat closes. I'm like, it. that baby's the wrong color. What is no. happening? I like want so much viscera. It's so slimy. The, whole, the whole deal. Yeah. The whole deal is, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm reading this book. I'll show it to you guys. I'm reading this book. It's called And Now We Have Everything on Motherhood Before I Was Ready, Mm. uh, recommended to me by a friend. And it Hmm. is just this woman talking about the situation she got in where she's pregnant. She had to make a choice. 
made a choice, did the deal. Mm-hmm. It's nothing like super crazy or unusual. And that's kind of what's interesting about it mm-hmm. is that she does a really good job. Like the middle 40 or 50 pages, I feel she's in labor. Wow. And so it's like long. I'm, I might be exaggerating, but that's how, what it felt like. <laughs> how old is her child when she's writing? Can you tell? That's a really good question. Um, I'm in the last 20 pages or so of the book and the baby's like one. Okay. Um, so I don't know how, what the time, like what the distance is. The reason why I ask is because I feel like the further we get from labor and delivery, the less pages we need to talk about it. Hmm. But when we're still in that first like year, it feels like it took a big chunk of our, it was like a monumental moment. Yeah. Especially if it went different than we expected, Mm -hmm. then like it would make sense that someone would write a book and like so much would be about labor and delivery. But then as your kids get older and you've like lived more life, almost like as you just get older in life, there's a lot more that takes up space, right, mm-hmm. in your memory. Yeah, so, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, we were. I was talking to a friend last night about how how many women are walking around with huge feelings about their labor and delivery, mm-hmm. and probably aren't processing it with anyone. And a lot of those feelings are sad or traumatic or like scary. Yeah, but there's not a lot of places to like bring those because you just sort of move right past it and like, okay, mm-hmm. baby's here now be a mom yeah yeah Yeah. interesting she was talking about feeling like in the middle of it feeling like she's like in a war and Mm. like saving the world via this thing that she's doing Mm. and then realizing like but also no one cares i'm just having a baby yeah like everybody's doing this all the time everybody else here is doing this exact same thing but her experience feels like it's yeah i sometimes get those comments on my youtube videos i have like labor and delivery videos or like one video um, having a baby without an epidural and I get comments from internet people who are just like millions of women have already done this and that's it like like as if like why are you even talking about it and and also is that number accurate probably more how many women have I mean way more than thank millions. you that's, that's the thing I want to <laughs> um, respond like, like listen. everyone since the start yeah. of yeah, yeah. human history yeah. except for yeah. what seems to me to be the lucky few <laughs> <laughs> in like yeah. pretty recent modern yeah, yeah. history who no um, that's true uh, yeah <laughs> the lucky few that's your memoir the lucky few the who lucky escaped few. Yes. um yeah i think i think people like try to try to minimize it because mm-hmm. it's like but it happens to everyone right. but then once you go through it or read a bunch about it then you're like whoa that happens to everyone mm-hmm. like well then why aren't we talking about that because yeah. that is like insane what has happened yeah um her experience was it good like was it nice? uh i think it was n- normal not what she planned got right? it like got it the hospital kind of or deal, hospital or? okay but wandered in being like i'm gonna i have a birth plan and it's yeah. this and then got in there and was like holy sh-. okay just kidding yeah i do want the epidural but her baby was a little stuck so she had like oh, breakthrough pain man. okay um and ended up getting a c-section okay all of which you could either describe as like really normal mm-hmm. or in a very step-by-step, very personal way, like very big deal, very intense, mm. weird feelings, wanting to yeah. like win at birth. Oh yeah. And being like, I didn't win and yet my baby is totally yeah. here and totally healthy and and like yeah. the minutia of it being so intense, but also just being like, Nope, she just went to the hospital. It went a little different than she yeah. imagined and baby came out and everything was very healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's this like weird I think that's what has kept it on my mind so much is that it's this strange sort of tense spectrum mm-hmm. between like obviously there are a lot of people who feel so strongly about what is and isn't natural 
there are a lot of people on the other side being like, if there's a living baby and mom, then mm-hmm. we're still in a natural circumstance. Mm. Get off that word. Hi. Sure. What I lived through yeah, was yeah. also natural. Right. Let's be more specific here. Yeah. If you want well, to talk about it, say unmedicated. Like there yeah. are people well, everywhere thank, trying to protect. Thank goodness there is the ability to go unnatural because if we look at history, mm-hmm. the number of women who died during childbirth is is so high. Yes. It was like just an expected thing. It's yeah. like if you end up on the other side having a mom and a baby who are alive mm-hmm. amazing yeah, so it like wasn't a hard maybe like yeah. women would get pregnant and they'd yeah. be like okay hopefully maybe i yeah. will have a child yeah, yeah. maybe i will be alive yeah and so then so to sh- to like shame someone or mm-hmm. just like oh well they did it unnaturally like okay well thank goodness that yeah. exists because we have them both here right now and yeah. that's really great yeah but then yeah. also you get into circumstances like this one, which seems so crazy mm-hmm. and also so normal. And this is where I want to like dip yeah, into your sure. actual experience where there's an idea about what you want mm-hmm. as an adult person yeah. <laughs> dealing with your own body and the baby mm-hmm. that you made that belongs to you. Mm-hmm. And then the capitalism enters at this mm-hmm. interesting point yeah. where you're in a hospital without like a strong advocate yes. for what your plan is mm-hmm. and you're in pain that no one could explain to you like it's not a you can't prep for what that actually feels like you can prep for the idea of it Mm -hmm. and having to make these choices and there's only so long Mm -hmm. that you can stay and wait and try to do that before capitalism starts to Mm -hmm. say like hey we need this room we need these doctors we need these people and then you say yes to the one thing and like Uh the cascading interventions Mm -hmm. is a real thing yeah like the one thing does lead to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing sometimes it starts even before you go into labor they'll Mm -hmm. be like you know what we need to schedule schedule you for an induction around 39 weeks it's safest i hear it all the time and and maybe it's safe i don't know i'm always suspicious there's there's a lot of reasons why people say it's safe that then you're like i don't I don't feel like anything is wrong. So mm-hmm. why? But it's it's more like you've got doctors who probably are trying to plan their lives a little bit. Totally. I mean, they're probably on call. So yeah. if they can know we're inducing you on this day and this morning, then we can predict maybe baby will come, you know, whenever it is. Like maybe there's some sort of that involved. And then, yeah, there's so much money in that mm-hmm. world. Um, yeah, it's funny. Even you bringing up the topic, I feel like, ooh, uh oh, because this is like a topic where within motherhood, there are so many conflicting opinions yeah. to the point where I mean I've told you this before, but I've had people like watch my labor and delivery videos, and then just have strong opinion. I can't believe you did it like that, and I'm like, can't believe I did it like that. <laughs> like what? Yeah, just do it different. Then have uh-huh. your own baby and <laughs> yeah. do it different. Yeah, even yeah. thinking about asking you this, I was like, gosh, is that too? Per-? Like I went sure. through all these things sure. of like wanting to protect you yeah, and then needing yeah. to remember that I only know about your birth because yeah. you've already decided. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true, 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 true. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, also I. I went through like a doula certification at some point around COVID because a friend of mine wanted me to be there for her baby to be born. And in order to do it, the hospital required that I get this certification. Mm-hmm. And then I had already thought of doing that because I make so much content surrounding this stuff. I just wanted a basic knowledge. I mean, I have like basic knowledge. I'm not a professional by any means, but it did open me up to a lot more uh, information and stories. And then now in Very Good Mothers Club, we lead these calls weekly and we even devoted 
a couple of calls to birth stories and specifically made it so that if women were carrying any sort of negative emotion about their own labor and delivery, that they could talk to another group Mm, of women. It was so powerful. Like the number of women who were crying, I actually had a friend who was near me, like physically near me where I was doing the Zoom call, but she was off to the side. She had had a baby um, years ago. She started crying and she was like, oh man, hearing these women reminds me that actually I still have pain over the way mine went. I just Mm -hmm. never had a spot to talk about it. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's dramatic. Sometimes it's like I had an emergency C-section. It was, it was, it was a trauma. It was a, a drama as well, like this big moment. And it was very scary, but sometimes it's just like, well, I wanted to do it like this. And then I felt like I failed because Mm -hmm. I did it like that. Or I wanted to do it at my house, but I ended up doing it at a hospital. Um, yeah, it goes so many different ways, but then you get people with strong opinions and, and also something that I experienced that I felt was really unhelpful. Um, though I respect the belief system, I just felt like it, I didn't see why it would be said, Oh, was, um, some people believe that childbirth shouldn't be painful and they have experienced childbirth with minimal pain, which I love those stories. That is amazing. I did not have that. Yeah. I, I've had three babies. There was pain involved in all three and I ended up getting an epidural for the last one, but I felt like it was particularly unhelpful after I had had a baby because people presenting that what it felt like was looking down on a mom who did experience pain mm-hmm. as if we didn't do it right. I mean, mm-hmm. I know I'm on the internet, so I'm also getting messages from people that don't know me at all. So maybe in in like like this, maybe someone would say like, well, what was your frame of mind? Like, what were you, you know, whatever. Um, but it's sort of like everyone looking for like, well, why did yours hurt? Um, yeah. That is not helpful. So <laughs> Previously to this, we were talking about how I think um, that this seems like a design flaw. <laughs> <laughs> that that. Uh, what's coming out is the yeah. wrong size for yeah. the area where it comes out. And I just assume that evolution will take care of that in the next 10,000 years. So all you have to do is wait 10,000 years, <laughs> maybe 20. But uh, that's why it's painful. Yeah. And because sometimes babies come to separate. Like their heads are there, like they're facing a particular direction, which can make it. But more intense. Even so when they're facing the right direction, yeah. your whole pelvis has to open oh, yeah. and your cervix mm-hmm. is so tiny. But then it opens like an accordion. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just, what's the question? Yeah. <laughs> what's the question about yeah. why there's pain? What? Yeah. No, it's true. And actually I had a really, really wonderful experience where a friend of mine had a pain-free labor. Her first baby, she was like literally like, Wild. she didn't, it was so cool actually, like so crazy. She didn't even know she was in labor. She just went for a checkup and they were like, oh my gosh, you are almost dilated to a 10. So like almost to the very end where you're about to push baby out. She had no clue. What is and then mean? she was like, oh no, I was going to go to in and out and grab food. And they're like, you are not going to be able to do that. Baby is coming. So then she like gets set up. And then she, I, <laughs> the way she described it, she was like, yeah, it was sort of like waves of an ocean just kind of crashing over me. Like I felt that there was, there was like something happening in my body at that point. That would be like the pushing. Um, I'd like to contrast that to me pushing Wilson out. I was 
like a bear, like a scream growl. And I was asking for wine, which makes no sense. And I was telling my sister, (laughs) who's a nurse and a mother of two, like, nobody should have children. Why is everybody having children? Tell me not to have any more kids. And I know, I know, (laughs) but but here's what I'll say. It was the moments before he came out. So there's like this thing called a ring of fire that some women experience unless you do it right. And, um, (laughs) and, uh, it's, uh, also my baby was almost 10 pounds and he was 23 inches. So it really was a jumbo little buddy that was coming out of a, a door that was smaller than he thought. Uh, anyway, so my friend who had the waves of an ocean experience, little baby comes out. So amazing. Her next labor, she was like, nope, so much pain, ended up opting for an epidural. And she was not a mom who ever shamed anybody else for like, she, she didn't even pose it as like, well, why does yours not, yeah. you know, it was, she was just was like, yeah, I don't know. It was this crazy, amazing thing. I'm so thankful. Um, but yeah, I've had some women interact with me as if even, even to admit to you guys, the amount of pain that I was in with Wilson, I've had people come back and be like, well, if you didn't think like that, it would have been easier. And I'm like, well, my vagina was ripping to mm-hmm. shreds. Yeah. So how would you be thinking? And maybe they, they would be like quietly zenning, like, I can do this. And you do have thought policing other women. It's weird. <laughs> in that moment. It's weird. But but what I will say is the the demanding wine and demanding <laughs> that nobody else have kids <laughs> was very brief. Uh, mm-hmm. and then Wilson arrived and all was all was worth it in the grand scheme of cost and yeah, it just after I was like, yep, okay, I'll do that again. I'll do that again for sure. Um, but then with my third one, the reason why I got an epidural. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I oh, yeah, tell me. Oh, yeah, so you want me to go? Okay, here. cool, cool, cool. Okay, let's. Good. Yeah, what do you want to know? It's already so good. Um, I want to start at the beginning. Okay. Because you've also had babies over kind of a span. I did. Which yeah. is interesting, just like in terms of physicality, mm-hmm. to have like a very young body, mm-hmm. which is traditionally a little bit easier to just like yeah. shoot out a little baby. In my experience, that's true. Easier, easier, even in the sense of recovery from labor, younger mm-hmm. was easier. Yeah. And did you, you were ready to have a baby and you were like, I'm doing it. Yeah. So baby. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I did not want to have kids and I got married at 20 years old and Sean has always been excited to be a dad. And, um, so he was like, we're married. Like if we get pregnant, this will be great. And I was like, <laughs> I can't even drink alcohol legally. Oh, so he's nope. So cute and nice. He's so cute and nice. Yeah. He's great. Um, and so then I wasn't ready. And then right after my sister got married, so we were married five years, I just felt this peace. I have like kind of a maternal uh, relationship with my little sister. I like carry, we, yeah, we had some stuff growing up and my way of loving her felt very much like I need to care for her and make sure she's okay. So when she got married to a really amazing guy, I felt this sense of like, okay, she's safe. And it was the first time we were at the wedding. I was like, I think I could be a mom. And for five years, this had been like a, a, a kind of stressful thing where I would cry. And I was like, I don't think I can ever be a mom. I don't wow. I don't know that I can do this. Yeah. I thought that having babies like ruined your life. It had been sort of spoken over me that like I was fine until I had kids or, you mm-hmm. know, those things. Yeah. And I just believed it. Uh, so then told Sean, I think I could be a mom. And he was like, let's leave. (laughs) Let's go make one. Uh And so thankfully I got pregnant with Eloise. Like, I mean, it felt like first try. It was was very quick. Yeah. And that you're 25. Uh, no. So at that point I was 26. (laughs) Yep. Um, and then I, yeah, with Eloise, 
So I did a hospital birth for her. I was very afraid of an epidural. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a unique experience where a person close to me who I like knew firsthand and had talked to had a really, really bad epidural experience. Mm-hmm. Just like one that now that I've looked into it more, it is is not very common, mm-hmm. the extent of what hers was. And I'm actually not going to tell you what it was because I felt like it was more scary than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and it did. It spooked me. And so then when it came time to having it came time to have Eloise, I was more afraid of the epidural. And my personality when it came to having kids was like, lots of people have had babies. I can't think about it. I don't want to watch any birth vlogs. Mm. I just want to, Mm -hmm. I just want to go and try. And I had a friend who had had a baby a little bit before Eloise was due and she had one unmedicated and yeah, she didn't strike me as like particularly strong or Mm -hmm. particularly like nuts and granola like some people they're like i had a baby unmedicated i'm like i Uh i believe you i know (laughs) sure did you don't even have to tell me (laughs) i know that but this one was just like yeah i did it and when she said she did it i was like oh cool okay Mm -hmm. you can do it i can do it yeah and so and then i did a hospital birth okay also this is where you get like strong opinions in every direction where should you have your baby blah blah blah. um i don't care like I don't, <laughs> I yeah. love, I love all these different ways babies are born. Um, I did not want to have a baby in my house. I doesn't sound nice to me. It doesn't, some people are like, but don't you want to rush home after having your baby to me? No, I, I just felt like it's sort of a messy experience. I was pretty nervous. I mean, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Mm-hmm. So it sounded like an immediate yes to choose a hospital birth. Yeah. Um, I ended up with a doctor throughout pregnancy that I really didn't connect with. Mm. Um, and then we spent three months of my pregnancy in Spain and I got back one month before my due date. So I flew on the last possible day you're allowed to fly. Like I had to have a signature that I was allowed. And when I got back, I met with that doctor, it was a gentleman here in LA and he was like frustrated, like visibly frustrated with me for, not getting certain testing done, but I had gone to a, a doctor in Spain and nobody told me to get testing done. And basically in his like frustration, he's like, well, if you had found out that your baby has this thing, whatever it is, which I'm like weeks away from having the baby. So I'll find out. Um, he's like, you could have terminated the pregnancy. And for me, I was like, I'm at the end of my pregnancy. Like if you're still so frustrated about this, that you would suggest, I don't know, it felt bad. So I left with like teary eyes being, Mm -hmm. being like, this just isn't it. So Sean wasn't with me. I called him and he was like, okay, walk out and go back into like the other side of the hospital. There's got to be other doctors there who deliver babies. Just Mm -hmm. go back in and talk to someone. So practical. So practical. Yeah. 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 I mean, you would think I would think of that, but I think at that point I'm just like, what do I do? And can you switch that late? Cause most people, they want to like work close hand with their doctor all the way Mm -hmm. through. And there's this weird authority thing too, when you're in the hospital and it's like, it's different to like make a phone call to be like, I'm going to make a sneaky phone call and get rid of this doctor. But to be like, Anybody can see me yeah. and I'm just here getting yeah, yeah. what I need. I'm Gosh, just, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so simple and yet it's so yeah bold. It was, it was perfect because I walked out, I walked around the corner, I walked into the next office, teary eyed, very pregnant mm-hmm. and was like, I would just like to switch my doctors. I just had not connecting. I feel kind of like this was a bad experience. There had been some other things that made me unsure, but this was it. And, um, Dr. Selena Lantry at Glendale Adventist Hospital, I'll tell you that because if you're here, you should go to her. Uh, what I found out was that 
so many women that I'm friends with here in LA who lived over by where I live had gone to her. She was like, like everyone was, oh, she's the best. You got to go. You got to go. But she immediately like swooped in and like met with me right there and was like, I'm sorry this happened, but yep, we're going to do this. And she was a mom of kids and just like very understanding. Um, so yeah. So then I ended up having Eloise just a couple weeks later, um, a little bit early and you can watch the whole thing. (laughs) It's on YouTube, but it was, it was all around good. And I didn't have an epidural. Um, I think at some point I would have because the pain level was beyond what I expected if I expected something, but I thought I was probably too late to ask for one, which I think helped me. Cause then Mm -hmm. I was just like, well, like I got myself here. Like I got to push through. And it made for a climactic arrival versus like when you have an epidural that really works and it's like a really smooth epidural. I mean, for example, my sister, she was sleeping and the doctor came and is like, baby's coming. And her husband's like walking to get coffee and they're like, oh, let's call him. Call him. Okay, here she comes. Just push, you know, like very, very smooth. And she's like, well, I'm thankful it was so smooth, but also the climax of like, the baby's here. It was not quite there. So anyway. So that's how Eloise arrived. Okay. And it was all around pretty smooth. I mean, yeah, painful and, and long, yeah. but smooth. How long? Um, Quite long, over a day. But I went to the hospital. I, what was kind of funny is they didn't really believe that I would do it unmedicated. That was something. And she wasn't, she wasn't like disrespectful, the doctor. She was just like, hey, statistically, the number of women who come in and say they want to go as long as possible without medication – majority of them request medication of some kind, pain relief of some kind. Um, so I feel like they just sort of were like, just like hold, hold off until she will request her epidural. That's what they do. Right. Um, but I went in, I was in labor. They said I could stay, but since I wasn't getting an epidural, like I didn't, I could also labor at home. I don't live that far from the hospital. So we went, we got like frozen yogurt, hung out, slept a little bit, came back the next day. And then I think she was born in the afternoon and ultimately my water never broke. So the same thing happened with Wilson. Um, they had to break it and right. That's something interesting right at the end for both Wilson and Eloise, they broke my water and then that's when pushing started. So like they broke my water and left the room. The doctor did both times because I guess like normally, whatever normal is that part then takes a couple hours. For me, it took less than one hour and the baby was out. And both times, like once the doctor had gone home, because that's, I guess she was like, first baby, this takes a while. I don't know. Um, But her house is right next to the hospital. So she made it back in time. But then with Wilson, they were like, we're going to break your water. And I was like, okay, that means he's going to come. Like Mm -hmm. that's what happens, Mm -hmm. um, I think. And with Wilson, I had been 10 days of like wildness um, in labor. And uh, yeah, with Wilson, they broke my water and the doctor left the room and the nurse is standing right there. And I was like, he's coming out right now. Like there was no, it was an in-between. Good grief. And yeah. And she was like, no, 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 honey. No, he's not mm-hmm. yet. And I was like, he is. And my sister also was becoming a nurse. And I was like, look, look at, like, he's coming. I'm sure I was yelling it, but I was like, I'm not doing this. Like he's, this is him. And, um, yeah, his head was right there. And then the nurse just like grabbed him. <laughs> like, and he just like, came right out and then the doctor came back and she was like what and there <laughs> yeah. just was a baby yeah. <laughs> so that was funny um that's so crazy that, that baby just <laughs> fell out of your body yeah. what was happening for 10 days so before 10 that days. Came yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so 10 days um this is 
I mean, it's all on the internet, so people mm-hmm. can watch and people respond to me. So with Wilson, he was People born, can watch what? There are videos so, of your babies yeah, coming out? There or are there are videos, videos of, of my babies talking? coming out, but not like graphic. Like okay. I blur my, I, I blur my vagina. Uh, well, I think with, yeah, I can't remember. Uh, you'd have to watch. I'll, I'll watch. I'll send, yeah. I'll send I mean, them we'll, to you. We'll I, link them. Yeah, they're <laughs> for here. sure. I can't remember how much I show because I think like going back to Eloise, that was almost eight years ago. I probably showed less. Yeah. You can see my babies coming. Well, so the thing with, with Wilson, he actually arrived on his due date, but 10 days before his due date, I started having regular contractions. Wow. And it was, so some people have written in like, that's called prodomal labor. Like that's not really labor. Um, you might know that the doctors and people at the hospital, they, it wasn't as obvious to them. I mean, I was progressing. It was just very slow. So when I first went in 10 days before his due date, um, it looked like labor was kicking off. I was having contractions every like, I mean, every minute or so. It was, it was a lot. I have to go back and look at everything. I have it. There's a highlight on my Instagram called Wilson and I know it's all in there, but, um, yeah, I was having contractions so much, but then my cervix wasn't dilating a lot. I was like a little bit dilated, but not a lot. I can't remember the exact numbers, but it was to the point where, I asked the the medical team there, like, do you think I should call my sister to fly in from Colorado because she's coming for the baby's arrival? Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, like this looks from everything we can see, your body is progressing. It's just slow. Um, and so she flew in the next day. And then but from that day to when he actually arrived, we were in the hospital seven different times holy thinking holy. that he was coming. And each time it would be like, okay, yeah, you're definitely like labor is happening, but it's not progressing. And my water hadn't broken because with him, again, the water didn't break until someone broke it. Um, And so, yeah, so then 10 days after all of this, they were like, why don't we – it's called like sweeping your membranes. Like they go in and they like try to separate – basically – you got a hand with a glove inside you and they're just separating the wall and it, people are afraid of the pain of it, but compared to the pain I experienced during childbirth, I felt like it was fine. It wasn't that big of a deal, but I could imagine if it's your first baby and you're not used to having a hand up inside you mm-hmm. like that, it is, it is painful, but it really helped. And maybe it would have been cool if I did that earlier. I'm not sure, but, mm. uh, that, triggered like full-on labor progression cervix dilating everything much faster and so then yeah I was able to to go back in and then have him and uh so like actually having him like the point of like real progression of like cervix dilating and becoming more effaced it felt like it was faster but it felt like a really long labor. I mean, for 10 days, it was, I think part of what is hard about that, which I didn't realize until I was inside of it, is it's kind of stressful managing everybody else too, Mm -hmm. because, Mm -hmm. well, I also already had a kid. So there was that piece where I'm already momming. Um, But then like, oh, is baby coming? Oh, okay. Well, then we need to go to the hospital, which means we need someone to watch Eloise, which means, oh, she, Meredith flew in. Okay. Well, then we need to figure that out. Well, she can't stay for that long. It was, it was a lot on my mind, Mm -hmm. not to mention my body is just physically tired because I'm having contractions all around the clock, even at night. Um, 
So yeah, so now I have a lot of compassion for women who are in that end stage of their pregnancy where labor is kind of happening, but it maybe hasn't gotten all the way to the point where baby's coming because it's just a lot on your brain. And I know that like stress would then make labor slower. Uh, Mm. It's the more like you can be relaxed, the more dopamine you have, the more, or dopamine, no, serotonin. It's It's the hormones in you that make you feel calm, relaxed, and in love those really help your labor to progress. And the more you have like stimulating things and people needing stuff from you and you're the mind in charge of everything, it can make things slower. So yeah, that one was tricky. But then I do think he was so big and he was he was like three pounds larger than Eloise. So I wonder too, like maybe my body had to do more to prepare to get him out. Mm. And so I don't know how all of that works, but I just wonder like maybe that was part of it is like yeah. we really had to do a lot of work to make all of that come. And then, um, yeah, and then I surprise got pregnant with with Jules, Juliet, but we call her Jules, uh, like eight months later. And I was talking to someone last night who's wow, a professional. Wow, wow, wow. It's I like you know, know that they're close in age, but then when yeah. you think about – being pregnant and then getting to not be pregnant for so little time. Yeah. And you're just breastfeeding and recovering and it was COVID. Yeah. It was so many things. Yeah. And I found out I'm pregnant. I'm like holding a baby. Like, no, 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 no. I don't think I can. Yeah. That was wild. Yes. But I talked to my friend last night who works in this world of um, labor delivery, nutrition. Like she just, she's, she knows so much about this and she, um, yeah, she works with postpartum moms. And she said that you can do this test where you, it's almost like a blood test, but it's a hair mineral test. Have you heard of that? Mm -hmm. I had never heard of it where they can check your mineral level levels, um, based on your hair. And it's like your average mineral levels over the course of three months or something. Basically what she said is after you have a baby, your everything in you is depleted majorly and it takes some time for Mm -hmm. it to come back. She said something like 10% of your own personal minerals you're going to give to your baby. Um, And then also it just depends on how you're doing as a person. And if you have babies really close back to back and you're very depleted, then the risk of premature labor, labor, yeah, like having your baby early uh, is much higher. And that is what I felt. I felt like I had not recovered from mm-hmm. having Wilson. Mm-hmm. My body had not yet like come back to a place of total health. And then, and I was breastfeeding Wilson. And so for me, and how old was I? 31, 31. Um, anyway, it just, I felt like I wasn't yet back in action. And then Jules, I went into labor with her at 31 weeks. And then I was in the hospital for three days, same doctor who I love. And then they like gave me all kinds of stuff. This is also all on YouTube. And actually I've heard that this video is really helpful for someone who's going into labor early Mm -hmm. because I like actually go through, like they gave me this and they gave me that. Now Mm -hmm. I can't really remember all of those details, but, um, I was in there for three days that one was a little tricky because it was COVID. So I was by myself because we didn't have childcare for Eloise. So Sean was home and I was there and I was just like, please, baby, don't come out because I don't want to have a baby by myself. Um, and then I was able to go home and just basically like try to be as chill as possible. Um, Wait, why were you in the hospital then? Because I went into labor. You went into labor. 31 weeks. But, but then they're still going to be enough you, time. They can give you things to stop labor. Oh, I so see. So they okay. like, like injections of different things. I know magnesium was one of them, but basically, basically the conclusion was 
like this is real. Your body was going into labor for now. These contractions have stopped. Oh, and the thing was, I didn't know I was having contractions. I went in at 31 weeks because I was having a lower abdominal pain Mm. that woke me up in my sleep and then didn't pass. And sometimes like when you're pregnant, you have gas pain that can be really uncomfortable and it can definitely be concerning when it's your first pregnancy because you don't know like what's the difference between that pain and other pains. Um, This one, because it was my third baby, I knew it was an unfamiliar pain and I called my friend who has six kids and uh, six C-sections, by the way. she's amazing. She, she was like, so you should go into the hospital, just get that checked because, um, it's unusual. And like worst thing that happens is they say everything's fine and you go home. Mm-hmm. But she, she felt like it was off enough that she's like, I'll come pick you up right now. I think you should go. So when I went in for that, they were like, Oh wow. Are you feeling that you're having contractions like every minute? Was like, this like a consistent pain? Like the pain yeah, just like was It was, was just one pain. Okay. It wasn't, yeah, there was no starting and stopping. And mm. so I guess it's because contractions were happening very close together, but I wasn't that big yet. Um, anyway, so then that was kind of shocking to me. I had Wilson who was still a little guy. I had Eloise still home because of COVID and our business was launching that month very good mother's club so we had all these pre-order things gracious yeah and becca was my my um, business partner was in maine so i was doing it by myself so i think that because we started the business not knowing that i was going to be having a baby right when it was gonna yeah Mm -hmm. it was a whole thing um anyway i know that all of that contributed because the when i actually when my water broke with jewels which it actually broke I was at Becca's house mailing out orders and I was walking down the stairs carrying something heavy, which is like the thing not to do. So if you are at risk of preterm labor, don't walk down the stairs holding anything. Like really don't. Like someone told me if it's uh, heavier than like a, a thing of milk then it's a risk. And now I really know, cause I really feel like that's what happened is I walked down the stairs carrying a box of clothing that we're shipping out and then just whoosh, there it was. My water broke. And mm-hmm. Becca's like, please don't have the baby at my house. <laughs> I'm not ready but for this. But this is after. So this is this was now 34 weeks. Okay. So I oh, had. So it really stopped the labor. So it really. Like they really yeah. give you something. Yeah, and yeah. the labor actually stops. Like contractions. Yeah. Wow. But I really had to chill. Like I, okay. I was doing my best. And I thought I was doing okay. And I was still having contractions like ongoing. But they had me going in uh, maybe weekly to check on me. Mm-hmm. And each time I went, they were like, yeah, your, your body body is progressing like it it's clear that your baby will come Mm -hmm. um earlier than we want the question is like how long can you keep her in there and um and the big goal is like get to 37 weeks because then you've got a full-term baby and so um so that was like the dream and then we it was like 34 weeks and five days or something like it was pretty good for me i felt really happy that she had made it so long Mm -hmm. um it's so different from 31 oh my god like if you're a gestating baby those are really really huge weeks yeah because i think my sister's baby then was born just a couple months later at 31 weeks or even 29 weeks Oh, I can't gosh, remember. And so, he struggled. So it was so very, small. very hard. Yeah, he was tiny. Um, yeah, so when I went into labor with Jules, so everything was different. So her, my water broke first, which was terrifying because I was like, oh, no, in the past – when my water breaks, oh, the baby, baby comes, comes out. Yeah, I, I like freaked out. Like wow. immediately, I like had tears in my eyes. Like, no, 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 no. I don't want to have this baby in the car. And it was Friday in L.A. <laughs> baby in the car. Yeah, Friday in L.A. Mm-hmm. And I'm driving from Van Nuys to Glendale. 
in it's traffic. A world away. Yeah. And water is just coming LA is out so of me. so stupid. That's like four miles, <laughs> That's, but it's going to take you 55 yeah, yeah, yeah. minutes. It was so long. Oh and gosh. I'm in Becca's car and she's so cute and great. And she is so scared. And she's like, um, do you want a Tylenol? I'm like, a Tylenol? <laughs> she's like, for the pain? I'm like, so nice. thank you so much for being such a good friend. But no, I don't think that's going to do it. Um, so anyway. Wow. We, we got to hear this story from Becca's perspective I know, too. I, I can't know. wait. Oh, yeah. It's so funny. She did not like it. Um, uh, no. I mean, she was great, but we both, I think we were both scared. It was like actually a frightening moment. Um, and then by the time we got to the hospital, I was like sort of holding it together and like laughing because what do you do? That's yeah. so freaky. And I knew enough about having babies that I was like, okay, I could, I could actually have the baby in the car. Like mm-hmm. I would know how to do that. But I didn't know how Jules was doing. Right. Like I didn't know what her needs were yeah. um, being premature. And so I Wait, was just I nervous. Yeah, tell me. If you have a baby in a car, yeah. which people do, yeah. but you also have an umbilical cord, yeah. do you you leave that? Because you can't cut it because it's not sterile. It wouldn't yeah. be safe. I so do would... you waddle into a hospital with the baby connected? Yeah. The cord is just dangling yeah, yeah. out? Or you can Jesus call. Christ, you I guys. Know, <laughs> I know. But also you could call 911 and they would meet you on the road. Okay. And then they would do that. And so you would just like keep it connected. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Waddle okay. in. Like imagine. So but that's stressful. the thing. I feel so genuinely That's stressed. what I was imagining. I'm like, I'm yeah. going to do this. I don't want to do this. Wow. I want to be that person. You're Thankfully, so good, I wasn't though. that person. Yeah. <laughs> but so, yeah, but I will say once. So I'm like sort of holding it together. In fact, I think there's video footage of the car ride because I am I like filmed this process, right? But I remember once I got to the hospital and it was like my familiar place and I knew I could have a baby there and I knew I was safe, I like fell apart. I remember like crying and shaking and being like, this is so scary and so not what I thought was going to happen. And I'm relieved that I'm here. Um, And at that point too, because usually you go into like triage where they check like, are you actually having your baby? Mm -hmm. And for me, because I had been in there before, um, they just immediately were like, yep, we're getting you a room right now. Like this is obviously, and, and also I had like, the amniotic <laughs> fluid like all over my pants <laughs> evidence yeah so um yeah and then we thank goodness these girls from Colorado Chloe and Kira had come to stay with us so at 31 weeks when I went into labor initially we didn't have help with the kids and um, Becca wasn't here um, she's someone that my kids would trust to stay with but uh, we put out on the internet, like we family can't come cause it's COVID. We don't know what to do. We have a guest room. We just need help. And these two girls that were friends who like knew someone I knew were already trying to move to LA and they're really good with kids. And they were like, we'll come and stay with you and help nanny if we can use the room in your house. And so they arrived during that period in between 31 weeks and 34 wow. weeks, which is so amazing. And they yeah. were great. Like my kids are still so close to them and we love them so much. Um, Anyway, so that meant that Sean could come be with me because at 31 weeks when I went in and Sean couldn't be with me, I was like, I just don't want that again. I don't want that to be the way we do this baby's arrival. And so, yeah, so Sean came to the hospital and then weirdly for that one and the details kind of are blurry for me, but she took a while to come out Mm -hmm. and they like then gave me Pitocin to induce me, but something went wrong with it and I wasn't getting the full amount of Pitocin and then they had to like do it again. And so... By by the time I requested an epidural, I'd been up like the whole night and it was the next day. Mm. Sean hadn't slept. We didn't know how Jules was going to be. And so then I was like, okay, what if I get an epidural? Then we could both sleep. And then when she comes out, because I knew it was going to be one of those arrivals where when when your baby's like at risk for something – 
I don't remember what they call it in this moment, but the room is full of uh, like nurses from the neonatal mm-hmm. unit. Mm-hmm. And so it's a little bit alarming, like compared to baby's coming, it's pretty calm. Doctor's happy to be here. We can do this. It's right. this one right. was like, okay, we're setting this up. We've got oxygen here. Like everything is set up so that when baby comes out, we're ready. And And it was even like, will they be able to hand baby to me or will baby immediately need to be put somewhere else, you know, for help. Um, and so that whole thing, like as we got closer and I was getting more like scared, I think, um, I was like, yeah, cool. I'll take that epidural. We'll rest. And then both of us will be in our clearest head space for whatever's going to happen. And that was cute. Sean was so thankful. He was like, yeah, that allowed him to rest too. And he, cause it was, it was, it's hard to watch the person you love, like in pain of labor, even though it's labor and something good is happening. Yeah, It's unsettling. And in our previous, um, labor and delivery experiences, we had a woman there who is like a mom to us. Who's loved us since, yeah, since before we were together and she's a birth coach. So she was in the room with us and my little sister, who's a nurse, was in the room and for both of us that brought a lot of comfort support Mm -hmm. Sean said that was like huge for him because he didn't always know what to do he was happy to be there but like where do I even put my hands on her back that would provide relief or like she's very hot so what do I do to calm to cool her down and um so with Jules nobody else was allowed to be there and so sometimes he would call these two people Gina and my sister, but still for him, he's like, this is just really like an unsettling experience. And then once I had the epidural and I was able to be more calm and he was able to get some sleep, then everything felt different. Mm -hmm. And then when it came time for Jules to come, which that I know is on YouTube, um, you can see her like actually coming out. Um, yeah, I blurred my little, my, my nether regions, but you can see her head come forward. So you'll love it. (laughs) crazy um, i'm not gonna watch it no you don't have to watch it that's I'm actually watch one zero out of your babies come out yeah. <laughs> zero of that, that one that one was one that someone was like i can't believe the way she came out and like something about like the cord being cut too soon and then i had like oh, real people anxiety are like, oh people yeah medically yeah, assessing yeah. yeah i like went to sean so stressed i was like i guess they cut the cord too early oh. and he's like stop she's she's okay everything's yeah. fine like people yeah. are stressing you out but um that's the wow, danger if you put your stuff on the internet um anyway she came I got to hold her she was a big girl because she was big at first we were all like maybe she's not 34 weeks like maybe Mm. maybe we all just got this wrong but then um they were really great to show us like you can tell she's preemie because like the way their lungs are and like the way they breathe something about Mm. their ribs like it like gyrates or something. Basically you can tell that the lungs are underdeveloped. Mm. Um, so she was a big girl and they said that she would have been at the growth rate she had, she would have been bigger than Wilson. Holy moly. So yeah, which I'm like, thank goodness you came out at six pounds versus like 10 pounds. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, then she came and I got to hold her for a moment, breastfeed her barely. Um, because then she was taken to the NICU and yeah. And then that was, really hard. That whole thing was really hard. And, uh, something cute about it is that she was in the NICU. It's like a little NICU neighborhood with like all these beds of babies that are in the NICU and she was giant and she was the only girl. So it was like big old jewels, like just in her bed. Oh, cute. Like a little queen bee. Yeah. And then all these little tiny baby boys that were like tiny, like Mm. hand sized little babies. Yeah. And I got to watch a mom hold her baby on her chest for the first time in there. And Whoa. she was crying and the nurse was crying and I was crying. And yeah. like, it's you're supposed to have privacy. Like there's sort of these like little barriers. It wasn't the nicest NICU. I've heard some of you have NICUs, like my sisters, where it was like 
kind of a hotel room, like so beautiful and mm. private. And ours was like one collective room, um, but I had a really good experience. People were kind. Uh, but yeah, I think that part that's also on YouTube. I had a lot of tears after that and a lot of anxiety about bringing Jules home and Wilson wasn't walking yet. Mm. And so just the wow. idea of like, wow, two babies. Yeah. I, I was so anxious and um, she ended up being in the NICU for 23 days. I checked. That's a long um, time. It was a long time. And they actually went through the whole process of sending her home after one week. And I felt so uncertain. Is that a helicopter going to be in it? The loud, you guys are going to have to tell us if you can hear. I mean, I'll there's know when we edit, yeah. but this is the loudest. The, there's there a are helicopter helicopters in over our my neighborhood in LA 100% of yeah, the time. This is too. an extra one with like the double yeah. spikies. I could see it out the window from really far away. And I was wondering how disruptive it was going to be. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. A lot disruptive. <laughs> yeah. Um, right at this important moment of your story where things are really tender. Monumental. No, so yeah, she, um, no, that's okay. She, uh, she was about to come home after mm-hmm. one week in the NICU. And usually what I hear from people who I love who have had NICU babies, that you're like so excited for that. And Sean and I did not feel excited. We felt really like, are we sure about this? And like, mm-hmm. what if she, cause she would have different moments where it was like her, she, her breathing would stop or it seemed like her heart would stop. Like just things were terrifying things. Right. Yeah. So, um, I go there, I'm crying on my way to the hospital to pick her up cause I'm so scared. And I'm just like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I'm ready for this. And I went in, we did all everything. She just still had one monitor on her, but I had signed the papers. I'm like packing up everything. And the last thing that's going to happen is doctor's going to come over and remove the last little monitor from her. And I'm holding her and all of a sudden it starts beep, 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 beep. And yeah. And she wasn't ready to come home. It was like, oh, this is this is a big problem. And like Dr. King got her and nurses came and everyone took care of her and she was okay. And it has something to do with like, I don't know, like reflux getting in her lungs. And I don't know. There was a whole thing. But I was so grateful. I felt like because if this had happened, if I had walked out of the NICU and the door closed behind me and that had happened, I would have to go to the ER and I would have to like, because you can't just enroll yourself in the NICU. Like you get, you get put in the NICU by the the other people who put you in there. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we all just were like, wow, that was amazing that this happened exactly when it did. And she like, her bed was still open. Everything's still right there. And they were just like, okay, we've got to take her. I'm so sorry. And I was like, no, I, I like there's something in me that was like this, this felt right. Like I didn't feel like this was the right moment. And Mm -hmm. later when it was time for her to come, which ended up being two, two weeks later. Um, I mean, I was still nervous, but we didn't have the irregular things happening so Mm -hmm. frequently. And so I just felt more peace, like, okay, she's going to come home. We're going to be able to figure this out, but I had to do everything different with her. I couldn't breastfeed her normally. Like nothing was as it was for my other two kids. So what I have thought was having a third baby, like it's my third one. I'll do this. I'll just do what I've done before and we'll just figure it out. And it was all entirely different. Like even I'd be holding and they're like, you can't hold her like that because it could make liquid go somewhere and she, she could not breathe. I'm like, yeah, she could choke. You could make her choke like that. She's not ready for that. So just like all these things, Sean's like, wow, this is pretty terrifying for yeah. baby stuff. Um, 
Yeah, and then it was really hard for the next few months. But then after that, she's tough as nails <laughs> and she's so brave. And like somehow all of that seems like her personality that she would just decide. Jules's personality is like, is, is exactly what you would imagine for a pregnancy that was a surprise. She, that's her like, I'm here, here I'm coming. And then <laughs> she arrived early also, I'm here, here I come. And then just like brave and tough as nails. And like, how, did I tell you she had a black eye? No. last week we don't know where it came from it's and we're not negligent she just like she'll like play get hurt and have no she was not crying nothing mm-hmm. and she just comes and we're like baby did you hit your eye she's like yeah I'm like whoa whereas my second baby wilson he if he gets hurt not only is it a huge deal but like for days after he's like do you remember oh. when i and Joel's oh. just like can't be bothered <laughs> can't mm-hmm. be bothered with the pain um so anyway yeah there you have it. Wow. Yeah. What did it feel like to get that epidural in the middle of your third birth? Like what's the the processing of your brain being like, oh, this is different? Yeah. It's – well, one thing I asked is like how experienced is your anesthesiologist because mm-hmm. I didn't want anybody new. I, in fact, yeah. if they were like, oh, he's pretty new, I'd be like, mm, I'm good. Yes. Um, but no, it was great and I, I expressed how nervous I was. Um, I didn't – I like actively chose – that I would not feel like I had something to prove or something Mm. like, no, look, Mm -hmm. my third baby, I did all of them without medication. But that's also because I didn't go into any of them thinking like, I'm going to do this to show that I can do it. It was just sort of weighing my fears (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. well, which one am I more afraid of? And it was by third one, I was more afraid that something would be wrong with Jules and after I had Wilson, so the labor with Wilson was really hard. And in the minutes after he was born, I had to like calm myself down. It was like, I couldn't, it wasn't the same as with Eloise. With Eloise, after she came, there was just this immediate sort of tenderness of like, oh my gosh, look, like all focus was on the baby. Yeah. And with Wilson, I felt like I was so heightened that I needed help coming back down to mm-hmm. then be like, oh my gosh, my precious guy, here he is. And with Jules, I didn't want to need any recovery moment. I just sure. wanted whatever she needs from me. Like, she's got it. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so it's definitely another helicopter circling. It's circling. It's like it a really full-on is. SWAT helicopter. Yeah, what the heck? Um, yeah, I wonder wow. what's happening. Anyway, um, I was going to check Citizen app, <laughs> but I'll wait. Um, yeah. So, th- and then it was such a positive experience, which I felt really lucky about because yeah. I hear of women who have bad ones um, or even just like not as scary, but just like, I don't know, I got an epidural and it didn't really work or I got an epidural and mm. it worked too much and I didn't like how I couldn't move or something. Mm. For me, I just felt like it worked nicely. I fell asleep. I was so thankful. They were so nice. Um, yeah. And I actually, I told my friends last night that when I drive by the hospital, I have really warm feelings, almost Whoa. like almost like a homesickness, like, oh, I'd love to go back there and be with those people. Aww. And I know that that's not how everyone feels about yeah, their hospital experience, special. but mine was really warm and kind. And so, yeah, it was wow. good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then I've been around other people having babies, um, and it seems like the most traumatic experience or challenging experience is when a woman goes into having her baby without considering that a c-section might be what happens Mm. and what i've heard is like well i don't want to think about it because what if by thinking about it i'm almost like inviting it Mm -hmm. and 
now that I've been around a little while and I've seen more and more of these things happen, I would I would almost encourage an expectant mom to just know enough about C-sections to know uh, what is what is like the basic process or even like what questions could I ask back if if they suggest it? Uh, a question like, is this actually an emergency? Mm-hmm. How much time do I have yeah. to consider whether or not this is what I want to do with my body and my baby? Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, it seems like that is a really hard thing to recover from, not just physically the C-section um, recovery is its own thing, but just like the mental load of, I went in hoping for one labor experience and I left having had the C-section. Um, yeah. And then you also, there's a lot of pressure on moms when they have their babies to have, is it called like golden hour or something? I know that's what photographers call a good lighting, but this, this moment where you like bond with your baby. Oh, sure. Uh huh. Skin to skin. And, uh, it's really precious. So some women can feel like that's stolen from them if somehow labor and delivery goes differently or like the baby can have like low blood sugar or something. And so then that happened with Wilson. So then he was taken to just make sure he was okay. Yeah. And there, it's a weird thing. Moms can then like almost be guilted later. Like, oh, is your child, I don't know, anxious? This is one that I think about. Like, is your child anxious at mm-hmm. all? Uh, well, it could be because you didn't properly bond after they were born or, or yeah. even better, it could be because you were anxious during pregnancy. And I'm like, yeah. And that just makes you more anxious when they tell you you're going to pass your anxiety to your kid. And you're like, mm-hmm. now I'm anxious about being anxious. Right. Um, there's a lot on our brains trying to sort through all that stuff. Yeah. 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 Gosh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's raising children is so interesting because they are just people mm-hmm. and they're just people like we're just people and mm-hmm. they're going to just like live a life like we live a life and we know that absolutely everything affects them it all contributes yeah. to like what the makeup is of this like whole person later yeah. but also we know that the trajectory of a person's life is built on the consistency over time mm-hmm. of their experiences mm-hmm. and that personality and adaptability Mm -hmm. and character and like physicality even like Mm -hmm. all of these things are most affected by um like the duration of experience Mm. so there are these big spike experiences including birth yeah that of course have a huge impact and are like part of the factor Mm -hmm. but what mostly makes a person Mm -hmm. is like the length of experience and like the direction over time Mm -hmm. and so it's just that's yeah, so much that's pressure so to true. say like this one thing or how you felt there, but yeah. also like, yeah, of course, of course yeah. everything affects people just like it yeah. affected you. Yeah, but yeah. like you're sitting here like yeah. a person right. not being like, you can come oh back my God, that. my mom's anxiety during yeah. birth has I ruined know, everything about me. Right. It affected you if it was yeah. there. And that's part of the like soup that feels like you, mm-hmm. but like this, the way that you feel is kind of like how your kid is going to feel like I'm a whole person and there's all these things. And you saying that I'm thinking like, is our big goal to raise a child that's unscathed from any pain? Because adults who have never experienced pain are not adults you'd want to be around. They are not like the, the, there's so much maturing. So it's Mm -hmm. not like now I want to inflict pain on Mm -hmm. people, but just if we reframe it to like, oh my gosh, my kid's already such an overcomer, yep. that's going to be really good for them. They're, that's great, yeah. you know? But I did I did see this doula. I found her online. She does this thing that I would love to do with people or even encourage you guys, you could do it by yourself 
where basically she does this sort of healing practice with moms who have had traumatic labor experiences where she has the mom and the baby get in a bathtub in a dimly lit bathroom um, with like candles and calming music. And I don't know exactly what she says, but my imagination went to all these places. It, it could so depend on like what your spiritual life is or what your faith life is. But so it's the mom and the baby in the room quietly and you basically have a bonding experience and a surrendering experience mm. of like the labor and delivery went this way. Yeah. We are okay. Yeah. I'm so grateful. We're okay. Uh-huh. And a bonding and almost like a letting go of the thing that was past yeah. and letting this moment be the thing that you stand on versus like, well, everything started so shaky. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's the ground I stand right. on now. But letting the ground you stand on be like, nope. That that's gone now. We did that. It's done. I'm I'm grieving that, but then I'm also moving into my baby and I have a real bond. Yeah. And I thought that was so beautiful. Yeah. And like, do it. You should do that to create your own little quiet moment mm-hmm. of surrender and healing and bonding. Yeah. And yeah, taking a bath there with are your little ones that so are sweet. not. Gosh, that is so sweet yeah. just by itself. Yeah. As a regular yeah, practice. Yeah, totally. There are things that are not in your control and then there are things mm-hmm. that are. Mm-hmm. And there's so much of a birth experience that mm-hmm. is outside of your control. Yeah. But there's so much of the way that you move forward with your child mm-hmm. and yourself that is totally within your control. Yeah. Like you get to accept and incorporate those experiences mm-hmm. and then grieve and let go of the pieces that weren't for you and then dictate this is going to be the kind of relationship that I have with my child we're gonna do this kind of practice forward totally yeah wow yeah and guys you all have babies differently and it's so beautiful and I was kind of aware yesterday I was talking to a friend who was talking about her labor and delivery stories and I was aware of the thing that happened inside me which is the same thing that happened when Lane said she wanted to talk about this of like it's suddenly a little bit like scary because maybe we're insecure or something but there's this thing that happens where people are sharing their stories and it can almost become like competitive of like who did it the right way or who did it the best way or oh see I knew like sometimes people Mm -hmm. do that oh well did your doctor do this as if they're trying to find the fault Mm -hmm. in my story Mm -hmm. to validate the way that they did theirs yeah and I think it's just it's because it's all vulnerable and so we're all a little insecure about it um but I I think if we can maybe just call call it like say oh this is in the room with us too the insecurity the fear Mm. um as with everything that lane and i talk about like you know yourself Mm -hmm. you go with what your gut says you have your baby the way that makes sense for you and your family and if something doesn't work you change it and you'll know what that story is supposed to be um and then I didn't know anything about doulas when i had my babies until now with jules i know a lot more but if you find that you and your people, whoever's going to be in the room with you, your partner or maybe a sibling or something, if you guys don't totally feel prepared for this baby's arrival, maybe think about having a doula with you. And a doula would serve as like a good friend, partner who's going to help like bounce things off of, like basically be the intermediary person between what the doctor is saying and what you want. And they can be an advocate for you, but they can also be like a clarifier and they can help ask questions in a moment when you're not sure what to ask. And I felt lucky that I had people in my room who could do that for me. I tend to be like more passive and trusting, like, well, the doctor said it, I must need to do it. Mm -hmm. And I was thankful to have people in the room who are like, no, it doesn't, that doesn't mean that, not necessarily. So maybe look in your area and see, do you have doulas who would be available? You can find like affordable ones um, if money is an issue. 
but just having someone else there who, or even someone you can call to say like, Hey, Mm -hmm. this is happening. Uh, and then I know that in very good mothers club, depending on when you're having your baby, we have, um, group coaching for expectant moms. And that's been really cool where moms will come and say like, Hey, this week, my doctor said this. And then it's a whole group of women being like, Oh, no, or yeah, normal, totally normal. All of us had that. Um, or I'm doing a home birth. Here's my, here's what my desire is. Oh, that's so cool. Well, in my home birth, I did it like that. And then everybody could talk or birthing centers or however you do it. Um, but yeah, I would just say use support that's already there. There's support around you for this to make it easier. And, um, oh, and then the other piece about the doula that I hear a lot and I had no idea about, is that you bond with your doula in a way that sometimes feels like a loss after you have your baby. This also mm-hmm. can happen with your doctor, with sure. your nurses, because you're going through such a an intimate, vulnerable experience. You bond with these people, but to them, you're a client who's, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're a patient and that's the end. So a lot of times with a doula, you can ask like, could I meet with you one time after having the baby so we could process that together mm-hmm. too because you were there. So smart. And I recommend it because I've heard now, I mean, way more times than I expected of women being like, yeah, I actually feel like sad and like forgotten by this person. But that's because the expectation wasn't, maybe wasn't fair for what that role is. Um, but if you can process afterwards, that might bring some closure. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Such potent advice. Oh, good. Thank you for sharing all that with yeah. us. I can't wait to be Great. your doula when you have your baby. <laughs> oh. This is going to be so yeah, fun. It's going to be your fault. I'm make you cut it out yourself. <laughs> Give here, it to her. Here. Put that scalpel in her hands. This is her fault. <laughs> I'm not pregnant. Just she's not. Clear. No, she's, I was going to say the opposite, but I don't. I am the opposite. It's currently my period. That's the yeah, opposite. Okay. <laughs> That's what I was meaning. But then the whole I'm like, celebration do we want to tell them? Yeah. I love when I get my period. I was just telling Lane, I love it. And it's not even just because that I'm not pregnant. I feel depressed right before I get my period. Mm -hmm. Just consistently every month, like a real depression where I'm like, there is no purpose. Everything I do fails. And then (laughs) my period arrives and I'm like, all will be well. It's your uterine lining just grieving itself on the way out. We built this for you all month and you're about to waste it. (laughs) Yeah, that is. Yeah. But Eloise recently asked for another baby. Uh-huh. So, and someone told us they imagined us with five kids. And oh, I was like, well, no. you can keep imagining. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of kids. Uh-uh. That's a lot of kids. Yeah. I mean, it's fine if you have five it's, kids, obviously. I know. But here in LA, five kids in my little. Yeah. I don't. So I probably won't, but we'll mm-hmm. see. We'll find out together. Um, cool. Is that good? It's good. It? Yeah. Oh, you love guys you. are great. I love you Thanks so for much. Being I love you so much you. after this hour. Thanks for Loved asking you these questions. That's so sweet and unexpected. I did not see that coming. Here we are. All right. You guys are doing great. See you soon. Bye. Bye.